Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is part of the Discipleship Foundations series. This is Lesson 16 entitled, Christ's Finished Work, Redemption. I begin with reading Hebrews 9.12. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. That's from the New International Version. Redemption encompasses the entire work of Christ at times, but it also has a very specific meaning. Jesus, our Redeemer, purchased us from slavery and set us free. He liberated us from the dominion of a tyrant, the devil. He delivered us from our enemies. This is all part of what it means to be redeemed. In its basic sense, redemption means to buy back from slavery with the intent to set free. It is the power of the gospel to liberate us. Redemption extends to everything that formerly held us in bondage. Sin, death, Satan and his demons, the law, men's traditions, deception, sickness, disease, and various enslaving addictions. Redemption extends to all areas of bondage. As much as most people don't want to hear this, everyone is a slave to something or someone. Slavery is usually associated with being captured, mistreated, stripped of all rights, and forced to work without pay. Most slavery over the centuries has been just that. However, there is a type of slavery mentioned in the Bible that was more like what was once a common practice, indentured servanthood. In fact, my mother's seventh great-grandfather, Pieter Clayson Wyckoff, who lived from 1625 to 1694, who was born in Boda, the Netherlands, and and later in what is now Brooklyn, New York, came to the New World, New Amsterdam to be exact, as an indentured servant as a young boy. After fulfilling the term of his seven years of service, he married and settled in the Brooklyn area. His home still stands and is a museum. His many thousands of descendants are scattered all over the United States. For him, indentured servanthood was a temporary slavery of sorts that served to liberate him from poverty in his motherland and gave him new opportunities to thrive in a new world. He or his parents made the choice to enter this contract. I suspect it was a choice to either be a voluntary slave for seven years, followed by freedom, or to be enslaved permanently by poverty in the Netherlands. In the Old Testament, if a person sold himself into this kind of slavery to a master for economic reasons, he might discover during his time of service that his life was far better than before. 
In this case, he could choose to make the enslavement permanent. His master would drive an awl through the earlobe of the servant, marking him for life as a voluntary slave. You can read about this in Exodus 21, 5 and 6. The Bible describes the Christian as a doulos or slave to Christ. Paul makes it clear that we only have two options in life, to be a slave to sin or a slave to God. There is no third way of doing our own thing. That option, by definition, is serving self, which equates to serving Satan, the king of self. Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? That's the New American Standard Bible. Jesus taught that all who sin are slaves to sin. John 8, 34. Satan does a good job of deceiving us into thinking that when we sin, we're simply doing what we want. The fact of the matter is that when we choose to sin, we become willing slaves of Satan in the matter of sin, taken captive by him to do his will. 2 Timothy 2.26 reads, Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. The New Living Translation. Sin opens the door to all sorts of bondage. We became subject to slavery to death and the fear of death through our sin. Jesus died to set us free from that. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 reads, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he deliver those who lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. New Living Translation. Jesus also set us free from demonic and satanic oppression through his death and resurrection. Colossians 2.15 reads, In this way God disarmed the evil rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his, Christ's, victory over them on the cross of Christ. New Living Translation. Likewise, Jesus redeemed us from sickness and disease, although we still live in bodies that will one day suffer physical death. The full manifestation of our redemption from sickness and death will take place at the resurrection of the body. 1 Peter 2.24 reads, He personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross, so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed 
by his wounds. And that is a quote from Isaiah 53. Another aspect of redemption is deliverance from the performance-based system of attempting to find and maintain favor with God. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. That's the NIV. One of the most wonderful areas of redemption is deliverance from our bondage to deception. Jesus is the truth, and as we continue in the revealed truth of his word, we are made free. John 8, 31 and 32 reads, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. New American Standard Bible. Slavery to sin and the devil always produces death, destruction, sorrow, regret, and loss. In contrast to this, voluntary submission to God produces life, peace, righteousness, joy, and abundance. Whereas the devil enslaves us to impoverish us and strip us from everything that brings joy and fulfillment in life, God enslaves us to set us free. Submission to God fulfills and enhances our life. In fact, God has elevated us from simple slave status to sonship. We take our cue from the only begotten Son, who was subservient to his Father's will. His obedience unto death elevated him to being Lord of all. Before becoming a man, the Son of God enjoyed the privileges and status of being part of the Godhead. After his incarnation, death, and resurrection, he has all the rights and privileges of divine sonship. But as the God-man and Lord, he has reclaimed the authority Adam gave away. This has enormous consequences for us who believe in him. Through being identified with Christ, God has conferred upon us who serve him all the wonderful privileges and status associated with being a child of God. Far from being a miserable slave, our obedience to God elevates us to the highest status available, God's own child. This will be the subject of another aspect of Christ's finished work on our behalf. John 8, 34 through 36 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Now, let's review a bit. I have put a chart in the written version of this message that compares the four works of Christ that we have covered so far propitiation, forgiveness, justification, and redemption. The definition of propitiation is God's wrath against our sin has been appeased. The definition of forgiveness, 
our debt toward God has been erased. The definition of justification, our guilt has been removed and we have been given Christ's right standing with God. And the definition of redemption, we have been bought back from slavery and set free. The result from propitiation is we can now enjoy God's love without fear. The result of forgiveness is we can now forgive others as God forgave us. The result of justification, we can now come boldly into God's presence without condemnation or shame. And lastly, the result of redemption, we are now free to serve God and others. Thank you for listening and God bless you.